It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. John Schmelk, Jeff Fegos, Lance Meta with you. The phone number is 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513, hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. If you want to get in touch with us that way, you certainly can. Of course, uh, the topic today, folks, the Giants with a uh, poor performance, a 37-21 to loss to the Los Angeles Chargers out there in Los Angeles. I am right off a red eye, more or less. Got about four hours on the trip. Got about one hour on the floor of my office. So I'm a little punchy. I'm sure you guys are punchy (laughs) out there too. But please, give us a call. We'll talk about the game a little bit. We'll open up the phones in about 10 minutes. Then we'll take your calls around 15. And uh, we will talk about the game and uh, everything around it. Mr. Fiegels, Mr. Meadow, good afternoon. How are you gentlemen? Welcome back. Doing all right. Hanging in there. Very good. All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the game, guys. Um, I don't really know how much there is to say here, to be quite honest with you. Um, defense could not get stops. If you want to, you know, go through some of the specifics with the drives, um, the Chargers in this game only forced uh, the Chargers rather only punted on two of their first eight drives. They scored on six of them. You're not going to win many games doing that. Um, Four of their first six drives went for at least 55 yards. You're not going to win many games in the defense if that happens. And if you throw in their first drive of the second half, it's five out of the first seven drives went for at least 55 yards. That's a problem. Offensively, the Giants just managed 316 yards, and that's a lot more than what I think they actually did because the, you know, the Chargers went into maybe prevent defense is a little bit strong, but they certainly, you know, once you're up, three scores, you're not going to be playing tight coverage. Giants ran a ball a lot in the second half. I thought they probably could have ran a little bit more in the first half. Um, just overall, I think it kind of goes in sync with what we saw the three weeks prior, right, in games against Tampa, Philly, and Miami. They managed to win one of those games because Philly turned it over four times in that game. Mm-hmm. But just a, a game, Jeff, where they were not able to put enough successful plays together on offense and defense. They had some good moments on special teams. They pinned them once, had the onside kick. Uh, they did the failed fake punt but just not able to put together enough consistently high level of play on offense and defense to, to be competitive and to come away with a win. Yeah, and, and also had a kickoff out of bounds on special nope. teams. Yeah, that's a good point. Forgot had about a penalty, that. Yep. penalty to push them back to the eight-yard line. So, I mean, these are just things that are reoccurring every week, John. I mean, it's just a matter of just uh, which side of the football or which phase you want to talk about in more in depth. But, I, I you know, a positive, <laughs> if you want to find something – Giants were three for three in the red zone. There you go. Uh, there's something that, you know, we we haven't been able to talk much about. Um, uh, they Two of those run. late, though. Exactly. I, 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 that's Like I said, I'm, I'm trying to find no, something. I, I got you. I and, got you. I got you. Uh, um, you know, as far as rushing the football, uh, I thought the best job at rushing the football was prior to the Saquon Barkley touchdown. I thought they, you know, at the end of the game there, they were running the football. And, again, this is an, a defense that was put out on the field when they were way up. Um, so, and they're already a defense that can, that's going to give up the yards rushing anyways. Um, but you know, again, this is just one of these things where the Giants defense, um, who has kept this team in games all season, 
um, especially the last month of the season. And now they go on the road and just, you know, we knew this Chargers team was very, very potent on offense, especially the quarterback. Um, but they just didn't do anything to stop them. Well, and Jeff, I, I think this is the point that Lance and I have made a couple times over the past few weeks, right? It's one thing to slow down the Dolphins' offense. It's one thing to slow uh, down the Eagles' offense. Yeah. Justin Herbert's another story. You know, if you well, go back, even the points allowed, you know, they gave up 400 yards to the Raiders. They gave up 400 yards to the Bucks, And it's mm. a different story when you play an elite quarterback. There you go. And, I, you know, I mentioned that after in our post game yesterday is that when this, this team goes against elite quarterbacks and we can put Dak Prescott in there as an elite quarterback, Absolutely. we can put the Brady's obviously and, the, and, the, and, and Stafford. I mean, these these are guys that will uh, play well against you. And, you know, they they exposed you. They really did. Um, so, you know, what do you have to look forward to? You got a home game against the Cowboys this week so you know now you're going to go up another against another elite quarterback and another a team that is really ascending um they're playing with a lot of confidence defensively and so but you know back on this game is that um i think the one thing that bothers me the most about this game was that i understand and i said this yesterday um in our post game and, and lance heard it that you know there's there's only so much you can do john that when you talk about preparation and you talk about practicing hard and doing things and i know that joe judge knows this but it's one thing for the players to do it and that is taking what you do on the field and i've always told you guys this the first phase of learning and execution is taking it from the classroom to the practice field and then the final step is taking it from the practice field to the game that's kind of the cycle that you have to go when there are things missing in between there is the direct result of what you're seeing on sunday so I don't know where it is, but you can go practice all you want out, out west or you can go to – I don't care where you go, in your own backyard. If you practice well and you think you're doing it, but there's still, there's still this disconnect between bringing it from there to the field, that's where the problem lies. And so that's how you play the way you do. And, uh, you know, it's up to the players to find out what it is that they need to improve on in whatever area it is preparation-wise – um, and I'm not telling you that this team does not prepare right. That, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm trying to tell you is that when you prepare, you've got to be able to take it one step further and apply it to the field on Sundays or Mondays or Thursdays. Lance, feel free to take this any direction you want. <laughs> well, it's interesting that Jeff is commenting on that because I thought Joe Judge actually addressed that this morning when he spoke to the media. It's exactly what Jeff is talking about, the fact and that – And by the way, I did not hear his press conference, so just so I'm not – you know, well, but you've been in the NFL well. for quite some time, so it, it sounds like you, you've heard these conversations, Jeff, yes. before. And basically the premise of what Joe Judge was saying was trying to establish good practice habits, Jeff. That was the first thing that he talked about mm -hmm. and how it's not easy to do that right away and how talking to other coaches, it's become quite the challenge. That I thought was interesting. And then what you added on to it, okay, first you've got to develop the good practice habits which you're obviously getting from the classroom so that people understand what you're running, and then you're trying to transfer it over to the game. So clearly there's a struggle, I think, in all of those different tentacles that are interconnected with respect to why the Giants are having some ups and down performances. But the other thing that I wanted to emphasize, which is what, Jeff, you were hitting on, and John, this goes back to our conversation about the differential in terms of the opposition. Mm -hmm. When you don't have takeaways – this defense, to me, is completely different than when they're opportunistic. And you can't rely on getting those takeaways on a weekly basis because the winning streak or the strong performances, I would argue, 
during stretches where the defense kept them in games was when they changed field position, they got takeaways, the McKinney touchdown against the Raiders, and what have we seen, guys, over the last two games? We've seen no takeaways, no change in field position, other than, of course, that drive that started on the Chargers 41, but then they went backwards, three plays negative two yards, and they couldn't even capitalize on that. So Mm -hmm. I think we're starting to see that when this team doesn't get those takeaways, it's a very tough uphill battle in order for them to consistently make stops. And that connects to, to me, the biggest issue on defense yesterday, I thought was the inability to stop the run yep, for sure. the Chargers, yeah, guys. Okay? That, to me, was the Achilles heel. And if you look, you were going through those drives, John, about the fact that they pretty much were scoring on just about all of their possessions with the exception of two punts early on. If you look at the common element on those drives, the Chargers were barely facing third downs. And the reason was they were very efficient on first and second down. And when they did face a third down, it was hard for the Giants defense to get off the field. But I thought the common element was the Chargers were having their way on the ground. And that enabled even more of a comfort level for Justin Herbert to take some chances on third downs when he was in a precarious spot. If you were to look at both of these teams, right, guys, we talked about this in the pregame yesterday, you would figure this is an attractive matchup for the Giants to run the ball against the Chargers. The Chargers took that philosophy and did that exactly to the Giants' defense, and that, to me, is the big difference in the game. You Lance, you make a great point, and I didn't even notice that when I was going through the game yesterday, but I'm looking at it now, you're absolutely right. If you look at the Chargers' scoring drives, their first touchdown drive, they didn't even have a no third, third down. No third downs, correct. No third downs. Yeah. Their second one, they had a third and one, that's it. And then they scored a touchdown on a third and eight in that drive. That's it. Their next drive, when they kicked a field goal, they converted a third and four, which is very reasonable. And then they gained seven yards on a third and eight. Then they did have a third and 11 on the next drive. That's when they did not score. And then, of course, on their final drive of the half, they scored a touchdown on a third and 11. Then you go to the first drive of the second half. They don't have a third down until they get to a third and four, which they eventually kick a field goal. And then they don't have, on their next drive, they don't have a third and three. So literally through a quarter, two and a half quarters, Lance, you I think had one third down or two third downs of more than four yards. It's just going to be hard for a defense to get off the field when that's the case. And you're right. That goes down to either, because they did play a lot of soft zone to start the game, so they allowed a lot of short, easy, you know, seven, eight-yard passes, and they couldn't stop the run. Uh, you're 100% right. And look, that you're right, Lance, when they don't get the takeaways – I think we're seeing the impact of that on both sides, the defense getting stops and setting up the offense to score. But you are not going to win many games in the NFL if you need takeaways and really good field position to win games. Because, look, you can be good at forcing takeaways, but in the end, and we've talked about this a lot, getting an interception is much more a product of the opposing quarterback making a mistake than it is of your guy making a play more often than not, right? That's just the nature of the beast in the NFL, and it's hard to count on those things um a couple things i want to bring up curious to get your guys take on it i was a little surprised to start the game and i went back and i tracked this today uh to start the game the giants first five first downs they passed and you know we talked going into this game how the chargers run defense had been suspect this year better recently but suspect generally and when they did run the ball early in the game i thought they ran it well Guys, their first run went for seven yards. Their second run went for eight yards. Their third run went for four yards. Their fourth run went for four yards. Their fifth run went for two yards. Their sixth one went for zero yards. That's only because Saquon Barkley fell down in the backfield and nobody touched him. And then their next run went for seven yards. 
So I thought they had success running it, and I thought, you know, maybe they could have committed a little bit more to the running game. Now, early on, they did have success on some of those first down passes, so there's no argument there. But I, I just, I was a little surprised that they didn't run a little bit more on first down early in the game, especially because I thought that, you know, we kind of talked about this on our radio pregame show that we thought they'd have to ugly the game up a little bit. You know, you know you're not going to, you know, with your backup quarterback in there, this is not a knock on Mike Glennon, but, you know, you're not going to go throw for throw with Justin Herbert. That That's not how you're going to win this game, right? That That's not the formula for winning. I thought they might have tried to run it on early downs a little bit more earlier in the game. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, we're not we're not professional coaches, and sometimes game chain game plans change because there's tendencies that maybe they see that we don't. But we're just going on basic raw statistic that this team gets run on, and I think that you know it, at the beginning they were successful, John, as you mentioned. Then in the second half they decided that you know we got to get back to our bread and butter here and running the football, and setting up some being able to set up some of the in plays in the passing game, which happened. But by that time it was too late. Um, but I, I agree. And here's the one thing that I want. I, I, I just, if I'm a, <laughs> I, you know, it's hard. It's hard. I got to say this respectfully. You know, when you're in a locker room and you're on one side of the football offense, defense, you know, the finger pointing should never happen. And hopefully it never does. Um, and by the way, I don't think that is happening with it, this team. And just that's my, FYI. that's a hundred percent. And which, which by the way, I think there's a lot of people that are probably, the one thing that you would be impressed with this team is because the fact that this team, I don't think, has quit. They're not quitting. They're playing hard. Okay, they're they haven't, you know, as we always talk about, and and John Mayer always mentions about that, you know, they lost the locker room, they lost the team. Yeah. that's not happening yeah. here. They and are sticking the way, together. They are sticking together. And that is a tough. It's it's tough. It's easier said than done. I've been around it. I've been around really bad football teams where all of a sudden at this time of the year, this is late in the year. I mean, I've been out where it's half the season. We're, you know, one in seven, and that's when things are starting to get ugly. This team has held it together for as long as they have, and, uh, you know, and the type of season is going. But my point is this. When Tom Coughlin, and I'm not comparing anybody, I'm just giving you what I've heard in the locker room and in, in speeches in, lock, in team meetings and things like that. It's your will against the other person's will. Okay, and when you're a defensive lineman and you are getting smacked around like they did yesterday, that's personal. And so, you know, there's got to be something done about that. Because you mean in terms of the Giants' defense? The Giants' the Giants defense. Line? The okay. Giants' defense. Got it. Because when you look at that game yesterday, there is no reason that we thought that this team would be able to run like they did on this defense. And they pretty much said, you know what, we're gonna, it's our will against yours, and they, they smacked them down yesterday. And now I know that Leonard Williams was out of the game, um, and that could have made a it, it made a little bit of a difference, but it shouldn't have made that big of and a frankly, difference. And frankly, they were running it while he was in the game. Yeah. Exactly, Let's be John. Honest. Exactly. So you know, and these are the types of things that you look at um, as a player. You get embarrassed over it, and remember this: this is what a lot of people do not see. We don't see it in Joe Judge's press conferences because everybody wants to see it. They don't see the side of Joe Judge that the players see behind, you know, closed doors. And I would not want to be in that meeting or any of those meetings when this happens here because this was embarrassing yesterday. And by the way, Jeff, Joe Judge had – sorry for interrupting you. I just want to be be clear 
that Joe Judge has basically said publicly, Lance, I mean, he's basically said this verbatim, that I'm never going to criticize a player publicly, but when we do our film sessions, we are very tough on the players when we review the film. So people shouldn't think that just because he's not criticizing someone publicly, that what goes wrong in the game is not being addressed very... um, very fiercely behind the scenes, yeah. for lack of a better It's an in-house matter. They're yes. handling it's an it in-house way. matter. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and here's the other thing about players. You know, th- what's hard about a head coach is that you've got to make your point, right? And the kind of the point that I'm making now with the defense, um, how, th- what you got to understand is how, how are these guys going to respond to that? So are guys going to, you know, they're going to just go and hide? Or do they respond to this type of criticism and this type of coaching? Um, you know, so it's a, it's it's kind of a, a give and take. Sometimes you got to kind of learn your roster. And some guys, as you know, this there's some guys, and um, we've all grown up with this. Some people can take the criticism and not deal and, and deal with it fine. Some guys can't. Yep. And so that's the that's the one of the hardest jobs as a coach, in my opinion, is trying to find out of your 53 guys that are on your roster how each one of them react. No, I think things. ideally you bring guys in that you know can handle that if that's the way you want to coach, right? Yeah, and and how exactly? And but you know what, John, there may have been a guy that's just you know he's just that's just the way he is, and he's a heck of a football player, and you're going to sacrifice that a little bit because it may, it's a hard job. But bottom line is they got to react to whatever the coach tells you to do then you need to improve it or there's going to be changes. And that's, that's always all, you know, that's, I told you guys, you guys have known this about me. The one fear of mine for all the years that I played was losing my job. And that was the, the number one thing. And so I was not going to, I lost my job one time. And that was by the Patriots in 1989. Yeah, it was I like got your cut. second year in the league yeah. though. You were a young, young yeah. player. But here's the thing that, that basically had such an impact on me that, I was never going to let that happen again. And, and sure enough, 20 years later, <laughs> it never happened again. It, it's, it never did. But my point is is that that's a fear that I always had that, it, that actually fueled me to be better because I knew that somebody was eventually could come in and take my job. I don't know how it is today. I've been out of the league for 10 or more years, so it might, things might be different. But I know that that fear should be there still amongst some of these players that – at any time, you can lose your job. If you don't Jeff, play it's work. interesting. Go ahead, John. Are you going to no, say something? I'm sorry. No, okay. I got nothing. No, uh, what I was going to add was I think you bring up an interesting point, Jeff, but can't you look at it maybe from the standpoint of sometimes if people can't mentally handle your philosophy, that it could channel into things where you're doing too much yes. because you're trying to – put everything on your shoulders you get out of character and you have these mistakes and you have these issues because you're so worried about being perfect that mm-hmm. that can actually come back to bite you i guess is what it's i'm getting it's a great at. point it's a great point and by the way that that happens there's guys that just can't you know they try to just do too much they put so much pressure on them and the next thing you know they're they just can't function you yeah. know um i remember there was a lot of guys that could and you guys have watched enough football and training camp and practices that you know we call them uh, the all east rutherford team you know, these guys could, <laughs> at practice, they were like, oh, my, how could this guy make these catches in practice? How can this? And the, sure enough, the student, as soon as you got to the stadium and you walked on the field, something happened. Yeah, if you could tell me, how, how unstoppable was Sonoris Moss at practice? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, he, was un, he, was un, he was unstoppable. He would make every play, every play there was, you know, um, even, on, even on punt returns and kickoffs when he was in there. Nobody could touch him, you know, and then that, that's the perfect point. And so that happens to guys. And, you know, as a coach, 
um, it's very difficult because you got all these different types of personalities and people respond differently to in certain ways to coaching. And, you know, I think a lot of it, it guys, it really emphasizes the, the position coaches because those are the guys that are with them the most. You know what I mean? The head coach is the big, big honcho. He's not there with them all the time. It's the position coaches. And I remember a lot of my position coaches, the special teams coaches, I mean, they, they obviously know the whole team because they deal with so many of them. But in our little group, oh, my goodness. You know, I mean, I, it's just like you got to – you got to kind of have – you let it come in one ear and out the other. You just don't listen to them. <laughs> At least I never did. Cause, by the way, and I'm only, I'm only saying my coaches, they never played the position. They'd never, they never really put a football on their foot and kick something through anything. You know, so they, it's, I never really listened to them all that much. I just had to learn it on my own. So. <laughs> all right. Well, go ahead, Lance. No, no. The, one of the things, not to get off topic, I actually wanted to react, John, to your initial point before Joff, Jeff went on yeah, this whole please. tangent yeah. about his Sorry. playing days. No, no, about the run game. You were asking about whether or not it was a surprise that they got away from it. And I look at – there's one play that jumped out to well, me. Well, by the way, it's not that they went away from it. They never really went to it. Correct. They you know what never, I mean? Never sticking with it. Yeah. But there was one play, and I brought this up on the post game with Jeff yesterday. My first point is, if you remember, there were three straight three and outs. So my first issue is I don't think there were enough at-bats to help establish the run. They hurt themselves from that because they couldn't sustain drives. Now, you could say that's a product of maybe not choosing yep. to run the ball. But well, and it's to my the, point, and, and that's why the first thing I brought up, their first five first and tens were all passes. Yeah. But on that drive that you're referring to, if you remember, it's third and two from midfield, John. Yep. And here Glennon decides to take a shot deep down the field run to the Kenny ball. Galloway. You say to yourself, now look at the runs on that drive previously. Yep. Barkley had a short pass that he turned into a 15-yard game. But prior to that, Booker ran for eight. So you were establishing some success. I would say, why not try to take a chance, pick up two yards on the ground, and then you know what? You're at midfield, John. Go for it. So maybe go for it on fourth down if you don't pick it up. So that was the one that I think perhaps came back to bite them because they got away from the run. The others, I think it was just a product of, I mean, you weren't even picking up first downs to say, hey, let's get back to the run and let's try to really wear down this Chargers defense. But again, the argument then, like, for example, on their third drive, right, Lance? They go, um, this is the Giants, uh, let me see, make sure I have that. Yeah, that third drive. So on first and 10, they run it for four, right? Then they Wait, are you talking about because the third drive, didn't they score a touchdown? Is yeah. this the one that yeah, – okay, yeah. I just they want did. to make sure we're on the same mm-hmm. – yeah. I want to see it visually, what yeah. you're talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, okay. Elijah Penny touchdown. Yep. Yes. Correct. Yeah. So, Barkley gets four on, on the on the first first play of the drive, second and six. Yep. Then Glennon co- completes a six-yard pass, right? And then they do two straight passes for incompletions on first and ten and second and ten. And now they ended up getting the, the third and ten completion to Kyle Rudolph as the safety falls down on the play and he slipped when he tried to follow Rudolph across the middle. Mm-hmm. But it's, I think it's just kind of and, – and then, like, it's just one of those things where – I don't know. I just felt like early – first five first and tens you pass – it's just a lot for me. But, again, I don't, I don't think that's the reason they lost the game or anything. It's just something that we had talked a lot about over the course of the radio broadcast. The other thing I want to bring up, too, and just the last thing before we get to the calls, we'll get to you guys in a second, I promise. Um, do you think they, they could have maybe given Fromm a little bit of time in the fourth quarter just to get his ears wet a little bit against what would have been a very vanilla prevent defense so his inexperience maybe wouldn't have come back to bite him and just to get him a little bit of feel so if you do want to make that move this week or next, this week he'll have nine practices under his belt instead of six. I would probably wait another week after that, me personally, but I think the argument's better with nine than six. 
Um, do you think they could have gotten him some snaps in the fourth quarter just to, to get him some, frankly, NFL snaps in a regular season game against uh, some very bland prevent defenses to see if you can, you know, if you want to use him later in the year, at least get him a little bit of, of run there in an advantageous situation? Well, Jeff, I'm just going to jump in here yeah, if you don't sure. mind. I just want to sure. think more and more I'm thinking this through because I was having that in the back of my mind, maybe games out of hand. But if I'm correct, guys, wasn't it a lopsided game earlier this season when a lot of people were wondering why is Daniel Jones still in the yep. game? No, and remember, yeah. right, Judge kept mm-hmm. him in, and part of the mindset was we're going to fight to the end. Joe I'm Judge not has gonna... not shown, though, that, that that's what he wants to do. So, John, that would that. be that's my response to your question. My response is, even though it's not Daniel Jones, I think his thought process is, if you take Glennon out, you're basically conceding there. You're waving the white flag, right? Correct, exactly. And I think that's that's the philosophy why he chose not to go in the direction of Jake Fromm. Yeah, I'm going to go with the latter philosophy. I also think that he just doesn't want to have to deal with the questions by him putting them in. And people would be like, well, if you put him in late in the game, why? You know, why? It's, it's, I, I, I don't want to deal with it. I, I don't think he's ready yet. Obviously, if he was, he would have maybe played. Yeah. So, and um, again, and, and, and let go. You guys are right, and I totally get that. And by the way, just back to the running point very quickly, like the Giants did have success early in the game on some of those first down passes. First and 10 to start the game, five-yard gain to Galladay. Um, second, first, and 10. You know, Myrick was wide open on that play-action bootleg. He dropped the pass. So um, Darius Slayton had a drop pass, I believe, on a first and 10. So they were getting some yards on those first and 10 passes. It's just a, a different style in which you were – they had a first and 10 seven-yard pass to John Ross. So they were having some success on those plays. Um, just, again, not enough consistently to – to move the ball and score. John, let me say something real yes. quickly because I'm, I'm sure that somebody's going to ask. I don't, I don't know, but maybe. But, you know, I, I got I to gotta talk a little bit about Riley Dixon, okay? Because, sure, please, go ahead. Um, listen, when you when your coach is getting criticized a lot of times for, going, for punting it on fourth down, okay, there's a reason why he's doing it, okay? One, he has confidence in you that you're going to put the ball, and I'm going to say inside the 20, okay? You want something better than that, but you, I don't want it in the end zone. I want it in deep in their own territory so that they have to start a drive inside the 20. Mm-hmm. I know this because I got drilled on it constantly <laughs> every Friday that teams that start inside the 10-yard line only score less than 10% of the time. Okay, so I know those statistics. And, and by the way, Joe Judge is fighting for that type of play. He wants you to execute that play. So going for it at fourth and two at the 50, when you are wanting everybody wants Joe Judge and the offense to be more aggressive, Riley Dixon is not doing Joe Judge any favors by kicking the ball in the end zone. Okay, and so and there's also some other situations where he has to be better at putting those. That 64-yard punt was a beauty. Yeah, that was absolutely gorgeous. And by the way, that set up Jeff one of the drives where the Chargers didn't score because they started at their own four-yard line. Exactly. Right. So yeah. my point is that, and this is going back to even last game and and during the season this year, he's got to be better at those types of situations when you are put out there to, you know, the punter very rarely loses a game. Okay, and the times when you lose a game as a punter is when you're you're down, you're up two points. There's less than a minute left in the game. The defense has forced you to punt from backed up. You got to get a good punt, and you shank one down to the 25 yard line, and they kick a field goal, and you lose by one. That usually never happens, but most of the time, the punter is called on to execute a play that you have to do that you helps your defense because you're a defensive player on an offensive play. So, but you got to be better at doing that. And I feel like that just has not been done this year. And Riley's got to do better at it. Now, 
I, 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 my hat's off to the, trying to do something in this kicking game with a fake field, a fake punt. Uh, Riley's been, I, I wasn't out there, but you know, from what I heard, he was executing it all week. Hey, he's got a good arm. And so, you know, I, I commend him for that, but it just didn't work. But, um, and I'm not going to listen. I am the last person to cast stones or throw rock, whatever the word is that I'm not doing it because I was Oh, for six in my career <laughs> throwing footballs. Okay. So that's not going to, I'm not going to judge him on that, but I well, Riley judge came him. closer down to you, Jeff. You'd be happy to know. Cause that was his first incompletion. He completed one pass with the Broncos. So oh. his percentage has dipped a little bit closer to you, but go okay. ahead. Yes. Well, I don't, I don't want to wish him to, you know, he has five more on his career, but that's, you know, I was horrible at it. I, I had a great arm. I just more of a pat-and-go guy, you know, in pregame, I guess. So, but, Self-proclaimed you know. <laughs> great arm. I yeah. like it. Oh, I had a good arm. Really good arm. Well, on that Bo Jackson video game right back in the day, you had a great arm, Jeff, right? Yeah. You ran it hey, to John, perfection. Remember this now. I was, I was the third-team quarterback on game day now. And uh, and Chris Palmer and I, every Friday we had a 10, 15-minute session. I had my plays. I ran nine on seven on Thursdays, you know. And so I was there. And, God, I was the disaster quarterback. And I tell everybody all the time, <laughs> if I ever got in, it would be a disaster. Trust me. <laughs> all right. Let's get to the calls, guys. 201-939-4513. Giant fans, secure your season tickets for 2022 today for only 100 bucks. Limited seats available. Speak with the Giants. Take rep now. And become a season ticket member by calling 888-NYG-1925. Booker in Atlanta will lead us off today. Booker, what's going on? Guys, you get tired of uh, Groundhog Day, or is it just me? <laughs> the last few weeks have been a little rough, Book. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. When are we going to see our shadow? Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah I, um, I've run out of superlatives, and I've run out of frustration, and I've worn a, head, uh, a hole on my desk banging my head. But Understood. I thank you guys for your perseverance and – you know, being there to listen to this fan base as we try to find our way through. I, by virtue of being a frequent listener and a seldom caller, I do have access to some of the previous episodes you guys have, and I have to give both Meadow and Schmelk credit. Uh-oh. Schmelk? Yeah, I'm actually going to give you credit. You said at the beginning of the season when everybody was wondering about the state of the offensive line, you know, at the end of the day, these are the people, and I'm going to paraphrase you, but it's a pretty close to a quote. Whether you like it or not, these are the offensive linemen that we choose to go into the season with. And if it works out, great. And if it doesn't, there are going to be changes. Um, I think changes are afoot. I think they have to be. Um, nobody can anticipate and forecast retirements and injuries and the like. Um, but just the entire operation and the way, the manner in which this offensive line has been not built over time, it's just, it's proven to be catastrophic. And, you know, to use uh, one of my favorite quotes, you judge a tree that by the fruit that it bears, and there's been very little fruit born with the exception of Andrew Thomas. Moving along, I got to give a shout out to Meadow. He's a Bulls fan, speaking as a Knicks fan. I have to give credit where it's due. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right, Lance. You did say that this is a year to year league. And year-to-year, year, yep. the Giants have not established an offensive or a defensive identity. And I think it would be a big mistake if we looked at the remainder of the season and going into the offseason, free agent acquisitions in the draft, and thought to ourselves that we have everything we need on defense. Um, I don't think anybody on this call would think that that's the case because of the complete absence of a pass rush and waning effectiveness on uh, stopping the run. But um, we cannot afford to rest on our laurels, and it is very much a year-to-year -year thing. And I don't know what, if anything, we can really hope to port from one year to the next. Well, Booker, you the know, one thing I would say, I think, look, 
I think you have to feel pretty good about where your secondary's at. Um, you know, maybe you want to add one more corner that can play inside in the slot. But I think between Robinson, Bradbury, Jackson, Holmes, Love, Logan Ryan, Xavier McKinney, I don't think you're going to have to invest big assets into adding to the secondary this offseason, whether in the draft or free agency. That's the one spot where I think you can feel, you know, maybe you don't have an elite secondary, but you certainly have a good enough secondary to win games. You know what I'm saying? John, don't jinx us by saying that. Please, the game's <laughs> I'm sorry. left. I'm sorry. Don't do that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> we deserve better than that. We said that about wide receivers going to the season, right? No, you're right. You're so not wrong. So please don't do that no, to me. No, you're not wrong. So, 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 so I want to close with this. I know there's a lot of – I have very strong opinions about this subject, and I know the fan base does too. And, um, John, I tagged you on some stuff on Twitter. I won't belabor the point. I will say this regarding the direction of this franchise. I'm, a fond, I'm very fond of the adage by Peter Drucker, who's a management guru, who says that organizations inevitably begin to resemble their leadership. I really have to question the leadership of this organization from stem to stern, from every office in the building, candidly, with the exception of the folks on your team who do a remarkable job. And I, I can't overlook the fact that leadership has brought us to the poor product that we have in the field. And you know, you can use the, the fish stinks from the head down or the Peter Drucker adage that I just shared with you. It is fundamentally inescapable for us to not look the truth squarely in the eye regarding where this, trans, this franchise is or isn't. And I pray that the Maras, who are not just owners of this franchise, but are stewards of the aspirations of these fans, you guys who are, you know, you've got to be popping aspirin before you get on air, that it's going to really require and necessitates an honest look at where we are. Instead of this hope as a strategy approach, I think we've taken um, over the last several years. So I'm going to step off my soapbox. <laughs> Shouts out to uh, – I don't want to overlook you, Feegs. You're my That's guy. That's okay. Just but, be, um, be careful just jumping off that soapbox, though. I don't know how high it is. Yeah, yeah, I'll step down carefully. I don't want anybody to get <laughs> hurt on our show. <laughs> thank you, Booker. Yeah, yeah thank you, Booker. Yeah, thanks, guys. Good call, man. Hey, look, and, and, and Jeff, you can speak to this better than I can because you've been around them even longer than me. Uh, look, guys, ownership cares deeply about this. Sure. And as oh. much pain as you feel after each loss, the Maras and the Tishas feel it a whole lot worse. Yeah. They, they do. Um, obviously, they are – I mean, I'm not going to speak for them, but I, I, think, I don't think I'm going out on a limb to say they're not very happy with the results this year. I don't think that's – I don't think I'm going out on a limb, Jeff, by saying that, right? No. So no. They, they will make the decisions that they think are best moving forward. I have no idea what those decisions are going to be. Nobody does. Neither does Jeff, neither does Lance. They keep their own counsel on those sorts of things. But needless to say – I mean, I, I can go back and find the quote, Lance. I'm not sure if you have it handy. You know, John Mara did his usual, you know, off-season thing talking about. I think it was something to the point where by the end of the year, um, I want to see that I'm confident this thing is, you know, going in the right direction, and I see progress, and we're moving where we want to go. Um, and I think as we sit here now, at least results-wise, and again, a lot of stuff's happening behind the scenes. I have a good quote from Joe Judge, a cut we can play back later if we want. It's very long. But, you know... Obviously, I'm, I'm sure ownership's not happy with the record, and I'll just leave it at that. Well, you can't be. I mean, the, you know, this is a business, and um, you know your your team um, and the way that they 
put a product on the field and packs your fan base. And in fact, you're, and, and actually, you know, it's a business. I pre- the first thing I said. So it in, it impacts your bottom line. And so, you know, this is this is a big, big business. And when you're not competing with the rest of them, it may it's it's it makes you sick. I'm telling you, I don't, I don't think any of those people are getting sleep at night. No one. And, you know, that's in, that's important. However, you know, from an ownership down to the last player on the roster, everybody has to look at themselves in the mirror and realize what they we're doing here and try to improve on it and make some changes because changes have to be made. And I'm not saying it's the coach, it's the GM, it's what it's collectively the group. There has to be some things because, you know, that that old cliche that about insanity you know, if you keep doing the same things yep. over and over. So, I, you know, there has to be some some change, whether it's you, you, you as a player are changing things you're doing differently to prepare and get yourself ready to play. Is it the coaches? Is it the, is it the scouting? Is it the ownership? Collectively, that's what you have to look at as an owner at the end of the year and make those decisions. You know, Lance, I found the transcripts here. I'm just going to read a couple cuts here sure. um, from John Mara from the summer. Um, one question, what are your expectations for this season in terms of results on the field after recent results haven't been what you want? His answer, yes, I would say that's an understatement. I certainly think we're a lot better on paper, which is, by the way, something that we echoed last offseason. We thought sure. they were better on paper, too. I'd like to see us show that on the field now and win more games and make the playoffs. I mean, that's my expectation every year coming into the season. Obviously, we've fallen short of that the last four years, but I think on paper I'm pleased with where we are, but I want to see us win some games. Um, then another question would you consider if missing the playoffs but showing progress would be enough in reference to potentially um, making changes? So this is a two-part answer. The first one, um, the first part first part of this question was in terms of if you miss the playoffs, would you consider major changes? These are the two parts of his answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll look at that at the end of the season and see whether I think we're continuing to make progress and moving in the right direction. But I'm not issuing a playoff mandate. I don't think those ever do you any good. I don't think I need to say or do anything to motivate people in this building any more than they've already been motivated. They all want to win. Then to the follow-up question, would progress be enough? He, his answer was, that's hard to say. I gave the same answer last season. I think when I walk off the field after the last game, whenever that is, I want to feel like, do we have a chance to win a Super Bowl with this group? Does this group give us a chance to win the Super Bowl? Are we moving in that direction? If the answer to that is yes, then we're not going to consider making any changes. If I feel like we're going backwards, that's another discussion. I think that sums it up well. There was another question I'm just coming across in terms of that same transcript where he was talking about trust and being patient yeah, yeah, in I saw that the one current too. group. Yeah, read that, please. And this was his response, quote, it's never an easy question. I really do believe we're moving in the right direction here. I think the attitude on the team is really good. And with the coaches, I think I just have to try to continue to have some patience, which is not easy for me given the last four seasons that we've had, end quote. So, you know, that's something else that he responded to with respect to sort of in the same line, John, that you were talking about. Is it a playoff mandate? How do I feel at the end of the season? And only John Marin ownership is going to be able to answer those questions because we can't jump into their heads. We don't know necessarily what they're thinking, as John had said earlier. And that's why I wanted to go back and read the quotes because I don't – we are in no position here, nor have we been – empowered to speak for ownership in any way, shape, or form. And I don't want to make it seem like we are. So I think that's all we can do is is take the most recent time we've heard, you know, Mr. Mara, the Giants co-owner, speak and kind of take from that what we can. And I think um, those quotes are telling. 
201-939-4513. We lost Mike Andrew. If he wants to give us a call back, we'll put Mike back, back up. So let's go to Chuck in Connecticut. He's up next. Chuck, what's going on, pal? Yeah, how you guys doing? What up, Chuck? Can you hear me? Loud and clear, you. boss. Listen, you know, I've been sitting here listening to you guys every Monday since the season began. Well, we appreciate that, Chuck. And I, well, I got to tell you that, you know, I, I really, you know, was a Joe Judge fan. Um, but I got to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you, okay? I coached Patrick Graham at Crosby High School in Waterbury. I know a little bit about football. been coaching for 25 years. I'm not going to say I'm a professional coach, but I coach high school football. And I will tell you that I, I can't stand Joe Judge anymore just for the simple fact that every week all he does on his presser is come out and say the same baloney. Here's the thing, guys. What do you want him to say, Chuck? Tell you. Well, this is, this is what I want him to say. I want him to speak a little bit more passion and understand that the bottom line is is that the reason why the Giants are losing is they have a lack of talent. Yeah, but Chuck, Joe often, Judge is not going to throw the GM under publicly. the bus. There's no coach that's going to do no, that. Nobody's going to do that. I, I know he's not going to say that, guys. I know he's not going to say that. So then why, so then why do you want him to say it then? <laughs> <laughs> you answered your own question. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You I want know. him to I'm, say I'm, it in a roundabout way that will give you a little bit of like he's trying to say it maybe, you know. But I don't right. even know if he's going to do that. No, he's not. I'm, he's way too yeah, disciplined I'm, for that. I'm, I'm, I know. The bottom line is is that I really believe this is in my heart. I know you got other callers to go to, but this is – you know, kind of like a winning philosophy of the Giants since I've been watching them since the 70s, okay? I'm 56 years old. The bottom line is strong defense, good pass rush, good running game, uh, a decent a decent pass game. We have none of that. And it all goes down to two things. Our offensive line is horrendous. Hernandez is horrendous. Um, you know, Soldier... He is past his prime. That's the bottom line. The only good offensive lineman we have is the left tackle. And last year, everybody hated him, thought he was going to be a bust. So he got, a, you know, some playing time. He's playing well now. You know, you can't run the ball if you can't block anybody. It comes down to, you know, three things. Blocking, tackling, and game adjustments. We don't make any of those which are very good. Um, you know, we have no pass rush. We haven't had a pass rusher on our team since Strahan, uh, Ocean Senora. I mean, it's really the Giants have not made the key picks in key areas to get them where they want to be. And to be honest with you, I don't really know where they want to be. When they pick up a backup like Mike Glennon, and I'm sorry, you know, he's a professional quarterback. I get it. You know, per perennial backup with nine different teams. The bottom line is, as far as a pro-quality quarterback, he is absolutely terrible. He missed Saquon Barkley wide open, who's looking right at him. You know, he he's not good. So now the Giants, you know, have to go for a third uh, quarterback with Jake Fromm. And it's like, you know, the decisions that they make, Personnel-wise, and I'll go back to Dave Gettleman, they're not very good. 
they're not very good. And, you know, people can talk about this as much as you want, but the bottom line is, is we have a severe lack of talent. And I want to hear what you guys have to say about that because we make a lot of excuses for, you know, this team. But I don't know what, what game you guys were watching yesterday. I don't think they made any improvement in any area whatsoever. They can't block. They can't tackle. You know, their corners get beat deep. Logan gets beat deep. They're, you know, they're not – I don't know what to say other than that. They're, you know, I can say they're obviously coached up well because Patrick Graham is a good coach, and I'm assuming that Joe Judge is a good coach. But that's an assumption that I'm making. Well, Chuck, I can tell you, you know, that in the postgame press conference, just on that one play you're talking about, Logan Ryan literally said, we worked on that exact play during the week. Yeah. And I misplayed it. And it was my fault. But you know what, guys? They make that statement every week. So here's the thing. No, I get it. I if get you're, it. If, if, you're, if you're correcting, and I've done this every week because I've been on 0-10 and 10 teams, trust me. You make the you make corrections during the game. You make corrections, you know, during when you're watching film. But they do the same thing over and over and over again. So I don't know which you guys made the comment about their secondary that is supposedly so good on paper. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. They're either having a really bad year, or maybe the teams that let them go realize that they're not good and that's really unfortunately what happens in the nfl you know it's a game you get traded maybe you're not as good as what you think maybe you're not good you know kenny galladay kenny galladay this year i granted he's been hurt but he's a bust and you guys got to say that darius slayton He's a bust. Now, Chuck, remember, though, just, just in, 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 in terms of Galladay, I know you said, well, you know, maybe the other team didn't want him. The Lions did offer him a big contract to stay, and he said no. It's not like the Lions didn't try to retain him. Well, the, the, the Lions could have retained him, but they need their head examined because the reality is, is this year he has done absolutely nothing. Guys. No, look, he has he hasn't, he hasn't had a good first year. Some Chuck, of the, in, yes, some no, of that's just, injury though. Some of that is injury. Chuck, in fairness, have you looked well, at the statistics well, across look, the board? Look, have you looked at the statistics I, I don't, across? I, I, I mean, I don't. Who, look, I don't. I, I look at what the, 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 you see. That's the thing. You guys are stack guys. You're looking at statistics and all that stuff. The NFL is not have what you've done for me lately. It's what you're doing today. Yeah, he well, and I'm saying what – so so that's my point, Chuck. My point is if you look at the Giants' statistics across the board today, you will find that the receiving core overall – do you know that Eli Penny was the first running back slash wide receiver to catch a touchdown pass going back since week seven? Were you aware of that yesterday? Absolutely. Okay, so that's my point. That's my point. But, I mean, you're okay, picking out okay, one guy but, in particular. If you look at the numbers across the board, everybody's numbers are down. Darius Slayton's numbers are down. down. Galladay's numbers are down. Everybody. Everybody's numbers are down, but here's the thing. Galladay is supposedly your number one receiver. He's the man. He's not the man. I'm, I, that's only my opinion. I'm only giving you my opinion. That's why I called. He is not the man. 
and, you know, so here's the thing. They get people, they get these picks from other teams, they take them, and they're busts. They are. Tell me if you guys can name one guy that they have got from another team recently that has been a star. Well, well I mean, what about- if, if, if you want to go back to last year, Blake and Bradbury were both excellent last year. Peppers isn't Blake, all that bad Blake, either. Blake, Blake, Blake is Blake. Martinez is the only one. Oh no 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 look, look, Martinez- look. this no just Chuck one second. This year's a different story. He has, he hasn't he hasn't had the best year, but last year James Bradbury was fantastic. Last year he was fantastic. Uh, I, I Blake Martinez was better. That's only my opinion. Okay, fair. Blake enough. Martinez is a tack, tackling machine. As far as I'm concerned, was one of the best middle linebackers in the game. And the, you just made an excellent point. And this is what it is: when Blake Martinez went down. This defense hit the proverbial SI, you know, water. No, it hurt That's a lot. A it hurt a lot. Big part of it. You're right. Big part of it. So, to wrap it up, this is all I have to say. If the Giants and John Mara and whoever becomes the new GM doesn't concentrate on getting some, I'm going to say, decent freaking offensive linemen. I'm watching this game, guys, yesterday, and I am seeing guards miss on a one-on-one where they didn't even have a linebacker blitzing. Yeah, I, I saw I know the player talking I see about. Guards, I see guards doubling down on a nose when they're supposed to block somebody else. So let me ask you that, though. Realistically, if whoever the line coach is, is he not teaching them properly? Chuck, or, here's the problem. Guys- we're, on, we're, we're on the third different offensive line coach in, a, in, a, in two years now. I, I think it's the same reason we made the point when they let go of Jason Garrett that that wasn't going to magically solve all their problems. I, I'm just done blaming the coaches for this stuff. I, I I'm just, I'm yeah. I'm done I, with I, it. I don't even. Hey, listen. I don't. I don't want to blame coaches because that's what people have blamed me for years. But the reality is, is we go back to it. It's a. It's a severe lack of talent. There's. I mean, that's the bottom line. You know, defense, line, and offense. You build a program from the inside out you don't build it from skill in and i think unfortunately with the giants that's the road that they have went and this is their demise they you know lorenzo carter bust that's my opinion he's a bust the other guy the rookie 10 times better he cannot rush the passer they have you know you sit back there and you're watching another you know subpar quarterback from another team totally pick you apart because well Justin uh, Herbert's not yeah, a, who's, subpar who's a subpar quarterback. quarterback and we got to go Chuck we got to go I have I have uh, two more calls I I, I got to get in all right thank you Chuck appreciate the call yeah but Justin Herbert is not a subpar <laughs> quarterback <laughs> Herbert's not a subpar yeah uh Justin yeah. Herbert might be you know he might be the next uh Patrick Mahomes I'm telling that dude is ridiculous he is really good, guys. That th- mean, that that throw down the middle of the field was sick. Yeah, it was. Well, did you just throw. see some of the? Did you just see some of the 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 velocity of those throws? And on TV, I can imagine seeing it in person. And dude, by the way, without him even looking like he's trying to throw the ball hard, it yeah. just comes out so easy with so such poised. velocity. Oh. So poised. Yeah, he's got a rocket. So and poised. and on the touchdown Man. pass to Jalen Guyton, even though you know Logan Ryan mentioned that he was out of position on that. Herbert somehow was able to plant his feet again while being pressured yeah. and let that rip. 
which I thought was extremely impressive. And then he got hit after yeah, he threw it, exactly. too. No, yeah, exactly. No, it was really good, really good. All right, uh, you guys have anything on Chuck's score? You want me to move on to Len? Uh, well, real quick, right? I, I, obviously, it's about talent. That's, that's the whole National Football League is about <laughs> the team with the most talent wins, that period. I mean, there isn't a team that's not this really doesn't have all the talent in the world that goes on to win world championships. It just doesn't happen. So that's what it's up to the general manager and coaches and ownership to find those types of players. That's no secret. I mean, that, I mean, we're not talking about something we don't know about here. And, and every team has it. You know, there's some there's guys that just don't work out. And you we know by by the draft that we do so much work on the draft. Look at the first rounders in the last 10 years. Go through it. See how many guys are still around. Not many. Even the last five years. I mean, it's not easy. 201-939-451. Sorry, Jeff, you good? I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you. no, it's fine. I All want to get to Len. I know yes. he wants to, to get on the call. How did you know Len was up next? You just said it. Oh, well, you mentioned I? it. Yeah, oh, you told him right. that. Len's so. up next. Go ahead, Len. <laughs> I didn't realize I said it. Go ahead, Len. What's up? Well, Jeff is a soothsayer. Maybe, yeah, so, you know, <laughs> so. Hey, guys. Right. How you doing? What's up? Hey, guys. Okay. How you doing? Hey, uh, a couple of callers ago quoted the great uh, Drucker, Peter Drucker. I'm going to do the same thing. Drucker said the sole purpose of a business is to deliver value to the customer. Now, for close to 60 years, quite frankly, I've been one of the giants, or the family has, not me directly, but all-time great customers. Little known fact, I'm, I'm in that giant season ticket holder hall of fame. It, it's all based on seniority, of course. It's not based on anything great that I did, but <laughs> back to the family, other than hanging with them. But I can tell you, back to that value thing, I, I ain't getting the vibe this morning, guys. I'm not feeling it. What vibe is that, value. Lynn? They're not delivering value to the customer. Well, the last Fine. three weeks, certainly not. Yeah, Four weeks, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, look, everybody's trying. Everybody's trying. I, I, don't, I don't doubt that. Uh, Joe's trying. The players are trying. Ownership is trying. An old Bear Bryant story. His left offensive tackle, Jones, is having a tough time with the defensive end. He's getting beat badly. So Bryant calls Smith over, and he says, Smith, go in there and block that guy. Smith starts to jog onto the field and says, I'll try, coach. Bryant calls him back and says, Smith, everybody's trying, including Jones. I need somebody <laughs> who will get it done. You know, everybody's trying. Nobody doubts that. But it ain't getting done, guys. It ain't getting done. Hey, um, did somebody forget to remind Kenny Galladay yesterday that he's supposed to pull his socks up? Oh, Len, let me tell you something. Wait, I didn't that even notice so, that. No, can I, this is hilarious that you bring that up. I am watching the game. I've noticed that in a second because I will tell you this. And I, don't, yeah. I'm, 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 I know this happens. Because I haven't been warned about it because I was always, you know, I was a rule follower. When you have socks like that, that's a fine. It's about yeah. a $5,000 fine. Wait, did he, yeah, did he yeah. not have high socks on? No, he, not paid exactly, John. He had low-cut socks, and so does Sterling Shepard. But then in the second quarter, they had long socks back on. They so sure did. Somebody told them yeah. to put the socks on, you know. <laughs> I, honestly, I did not notice that first. I had no idea. I had no idea. Sorry, sorry to cut well, you off the there. That's the first but, but. thing. I, I'm watching the game on TV yesterday, <laughs> and I noticed, and I said to my wife, what is Galladay doing? He's bare-legged. He doesn't, doesn't have any socks on. Lend the and uniform, my wife said, police. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Jeff, yeah. to, fit in, fit, to fit into what you said, my wife turned to me and said, 
he does have socks on. I guess they're maybe they're not pulled up. Yeah. No, they how, were low socks. How yeah. do you, how do you, Jeff, does that, is there any message in that? I mean, this guy. The I message mean, is, these, the, the, what, the message I mean, is what the NFL does. Guys, do we have to tell these professional athletes yeah, you do. to dress? You do. And, and how do they catch it? The league has somebody on both sides. They do, the uniform police. Joe Morris yeah. is the Giants uniform police on home games. He goes yeah. along the sidelines and tells everybody, hey, guys, you need to pull your socks up. Here's, I'm putting it on here. It's, it, and, by the way, when you come out at the, at the beginning of the game, if you had them on in pregame, they tell you, if you come out, I'm, I'm going to watch you when you come out of the, at, at the beginning of the game. You better oh, have them pulled goodness. up or it's a fine. Well, I mean, what there's is, been, they, there's been guys that have wore Jeff? specialty cleats and they got fined too. Yeah. Some don't care. As some, well. of don't care. Yeah. some of them don't care. Yeah, the people yeah. who wear the tinted visors, too. That's another yeah. one that people get exactly. fined for. Anyway, Len, we only have a couple okay. minutes here, so I, I would get to your okay. football but, point. And with okay. of the socks. Yeah, because they certainly didn't lose <laughs> the game well, well, yesterday I, because I, of Kenny Galladay's socks. My whole point about bringing that up was, is there a message there? I yeah, mean, what is the... I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Don't All right. Know. All right. Let me let me let me go on real quick. I know you yes. got one more mm-hmm. caller you want to get to. Let me let me go on real quick with this. Uh, five years ago, the center on the then San Diego Chargers, now Los Angeles Chargers, was a guy named Pulley. You remember Pulley? Yeah, Pulley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, his, his rookie year, he was the center. It it wasn't working. The Chargers figured it out. So they went out and signed one of the Pouncey brothers. Two Pro Bowls out of the, one of the Pouncey brothers. I forget which one. Pouncey, that Pouncey brother retires. What do the Chargers do? They go out and get another anchor. They probably signed the best center in the NFL in that Lindsay, Lindsay guy. You want to know why they ran so well yesterday against the Giants' defensive line? Get yourself an anchor, guys. well, they get believe they have one in Nick Gates, though. Inside, in build inside out. Give well, me Lindsay on, put Lindsay on our line. And our offensive line gets one heck of a lot better. Hey, quick question. Do I have time for a question? Yeah, real fast, real fast, real fast. Okay. Lightning. All right. So two weeks ago, um, you know, Judge won't be critical. Joe won't be critical. But his offensive line coach says, listen, a lot of questions coming up, and there's been fewer and fewer in the last two weeks. You guys will have to admit that. Why is Solder playing over Pert? Why don't we play Pert? Well, Rob Sale told us. Right. Not physical yeah. enough. And I think, it was pretty, I think it was pretty telling, by the way, when the Giants used an extra offensive lineman in the run game in the first quarter of that game. It was yeah. Cunningham. It wasn't Yeah, Perry. that's right. That's right. But so the next week, Pert gets four plays, none from scrimmage, all on the field goal team. Okay? Yesterday, he gets more plays, he gets more plays than Solder does from scrimmage. I think he had 36 snaps from scrimmage yesterday. What did he do? Suddenly get more physical in the last two weeks? I mean, I mean, he, he maybe he showed something in practice in Arizona. Yeah. I don't. I, listen, he, Judge listen, was not asked that, that question. I don't. I don't have a good answer for you. Okay. All right. So, summary, and then I'll go. And thanks for taking my call. Yep. Joe, Joe's Joe is losing touch. This they're saying one thing, and something else happens. And and I don't think, I don't think he's doing it on purpose, but I think that pert experience. I mean. What are you playing him for? If you if you said two weeks ago he's not physical, you know, he's not physical enough. All right, listen, four to go, all in the conference, three in the division. Get the measuring stick out. Let's figure out what we got to do to get better next year. Thanks, hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. All right, Rick and Tampa will wrap us up. Rick, I'm going to have you to go really fast here, buddy. We have to go do a television shoot. So, Rick, what do you got for us, man? How are you? Hey, 
Hey, what's up, guys? I know I'm going to have to get one more call in then this weekend since I only got a second here. But, you know, John, did you just say you're tired of blaming coaches? Is that what you said? Yeah, because all, all I ever get is people calling up trying to say the coaching is a problem, okay. the coaching is okay. a problem, and then they okay. change coaches and nothing changes, but those people still keep okay. trying to blame coaches. Okay, well, I, I mean, I, I'm so furious to this game, and, and, you know, Carl Banks, who I respect a lot, just said the same thing I said the, last week that everybody's been saying. They Chargers 31st in the league against run, and what do we do? We run the ball nine times only in the first half. That's Rick, coaches. We, Craig, Rick, we went over that. We, yeah. we literally had a five-minute conversation okay. about that. All right, all right, good. Well, I, I just got on a little okay. bit ago. So. Well, right. <laughs> so I'll listen that, all right, that's it. Coaches, two minutes before the half, two minutes after after the beginning of the half, 59-0 and 0 points against us. Yeah. That's coaches. Ah, coaches. no. So, no see, Rexy, oh, I disagree. I think what that shows is that when the other team knows that you have to pass it, the Giants can't block well enough to score, and when the other team – knows they're going to pass it. The Giants don't have a good enough pass rush to get to the quarterback to stop them from scoring. I think those two-minute situations just highlights two of the weaknesses of the roster, which really comes to bear in those two-minute situations. At least, at least that's my opinion. Uh, I, I don't know, Lance, Jeff, you agree with well, me, but that's my thought on that. I mean, real quickly, the other thing I was going to add is, and it's a fair statistic. I'm not going to dispute the statistic, but it really was heavy earlier in the season, I would argue, compared yeah. to recently. It was, yeah. though. If you look at that. Though it is nothing the last two weeks, too. No, this no, doubt about it. no, but even though it was 14 nothing, I'm just saying in terms of whether or not those drives are right at the end of the half. That's all I'm right. saying. Right, no, I got you. Yeah. Yeah, but it's every week. That's why I say it's coaches. And you know what? Just to quote, and I'm going to let you, I'm gone, I'm gone after this, because it's my opinion every week, and it's a fan. But I just quote Kim Jones, who I respect so much on, on, on Twitter, says about Joe Judge. Joe Judge Zoom lasted a, half, a handful of questions. He's still talking about not being interested in shortcuts, and his players are learning how to practice. That's alarming, she said, and I agree. It's alarming. It's every single week the same problem. There you go, and that's all I'm going to say, but I hopefully will be able to get in at the end of the week. All right, no, no problem, problem, Rick. Yeah, right. that, that was fast. Right. So I, I, will, I will let you do another call at the end of the week since we had to rush you. <laughs> Thank that's you. fine. Yes, no problem. You're like I the mean, Wizard I, of Oz, John. <laughs> as far as the last point, though, I – I don't know, guys, maybe you heard it before. I've never heard Judge talk about the whole practice regimen prior to today. No, not much. In that great detail. Not much. So, I mean, I really don't think that's repetitive compared to what we heard earlier in the season. If you want to talk about, you know, he's repeatedly said that he does see progress even after they have rough games. Yes, that I've heard previously. But as far as the point about carrying over the practice and learning how to practice well, this was the first time I heard great detail on that. I agree. I'm with you on that. And and we listen to everything he says. Sure. yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Guys, good show. All right, John, welcome back. Thank you, Lance. Tomorrow, Lance and Patino, 1230, Big Blue Kickoff Live. Check it out. We'll see you next time on Big Blue Kickoff.